Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, how about that rain? I was not expecting that, but boy, it's nice. Nice, uh, refreshing uh, rain, and um, I wasn't even thinking about it, and I forgot to put the cover on our patio furniture last night, so that's nice and damp to sit on. Yay, but that's okay. Good morning to everyone tuning in on Facebook or YouTube. It's wonderful to see you as well. Let's stand, church. The Lord asks us, beckons us to come into his presence with thanksgiving, to enter his courts with praise. Let's do that. again come to the water Lord, we pray for revival. 
Let revival come, let the people sing the glory of your name. Once again, let revival come, let the people sing the glory of your name. One more time, let revival come, let the people sing. The glory of your name, yeah. Let revival come, let the people sing the glory of your name. We believe, we believe in the kingdom come, we believe in the risen sun. Lord, we come with our hands up high. We believe you will satisfy. You bring our hearts haven't done in quite some time, but it shares an incredible truth that God is a mighty fortress, a strong tower that we can run to. Let's celebrate that right now. One, two, he won't abandon, he won't deceive, he won't desert us, he won't ever leave, he'll never forsake us, he won't ever run. He'll never reject us, the faithful one. His love. Your love will remain. Oh, yes, it will. Your love will remain. A mighty fortress. A mighty fortress is our God. A tower of strength never abandon. You won't abandon. You won't deceive. You won't desert us. You won't ever leave. You'll never forsake us. You won't ever run. You'll never reject us. The faithful one. Your love will remain. Your love will remain. Your love. Your love will Yesterday, yesterday, and today, and 
for that. Why don't you have a seat for just a moment, folks? So God, as you may know, is a promise-keeping God. I'm loving the flannel, by the way. This, it's fall weather. It's flannel weather. Yes, I'm loving it. Loving it. God is a promise-keeping God, and you know others may make a promise and, and break it. I've done that a billion times. Uh, if I had a nickel for every time I've had to apologize to my kids, uh, this building would be paid for. It really would. But if God makes a promise, he keeps it. He keeps it. And when we're facing a huge challenge or even a mild challenge and we're in the, in the middle of a difficult season, we have a choice to make. Are we going to choose to live in fear or are we going to choose to walk by faith in the promises of God? And I want to encourage you to choose faith. I want to encourage you to choose to believe that God is up to something even when everything seems not good. Press into God's promises. Search the scriptures like a miner digging for gold and believe that he will follow through on his promises. Believe for it. They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. We've heard that there is no way through. We've heard the tide will never change, but haven't seen what you can do. There is power in your name. So much, so much power in your name. 
God, we believe. Yes, we do. God, we believe for it from the impossible. We'll see a miracle. God, we believe. Oh, yeah. God, we believe for it. We know. We know that hope is never lost. Oh, for there is still an empty grave. God, we believe no matter what. There is power in your name. So much. So much power in We believe, yes we do, God we believe for it, from the impossible, we'll see a miracle, God we believe, yes we will, God we believe for it. And you are the way, sing it church, you are the way when there seems to be no way. Trust in you, God, you have the final say. You are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in you, God, you have the final say. Thank you for keeping your promises. Well, folks, uh, I'm sorry, I got lost for a second. You're up, aren't you? I am up. Yes, you are. All right. Sorry. Awesome. That's okay. That's okay. Hey, good to see you guys. Have a seat. Uh, so those of you who are joining us either from YouTube or Facebook, we're really, really glad you're with us. If you're here in person, super, super glad you're with us. It's just great to see all of you. Kathy, I am so grateful you're with yes. us today. Are you not? Yes. So we've been praying for you. We're praying for your healing. We're going to continue to do that. So, uh, yeah, you know, I want to talk to you about a way of praying, if I can, this morning. Okay, I want to talk to you about a way of praying. If you've never thought about prayer in this way, I really would like you to think about this. And I want to, 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 to you to think about something. I'm just going to call it visionary prayer. Can I do that? Uh, the Bible is filled with many, many visions. 
Uh, and, but what I want to talk to you about is maybe a way of praying that you may have or may have never done before, uh, visionary prayer, okay? And uh, what I want you to do is I want you to think about what you want to see God do. But when I ask you to think about what you want to see God do, I don't want you to think or see in selfish terms. I want you to see and I want you to think in kingdom terms. I want you to think about, and I want you to imagine, I am going to ask you to use your imagination uh, this morning, because it's in our imagination that we can see holy visions. And what I mean by this is not something crazy, but just something that is real and something that is maybe different. But what I want you to envision and what I want you to think about and how I want you to pray is this. I want you to think about someone in your life who's dear to you. I want you to think about someone who they don't know Jesus. All right? I want you to think about someone that you don't want to go to heaven without them. Can you do that? I want you to think about, and, and on top of this, on top of this, that person may or may not live in your neighborhood, but I want you to think about the person who lives right next door to you on your left, and the person who lives right next door to you on your right, the person who lives across the street from you, behind you. But I want you to think about these people, and I want you to think about seeing them actually come to know Jesus. Where what they do is they come to a place in their life, maybe through you, maybe through someone else, but they come to a place in their life where they're like, I've got to have Jesus. I know that my life is empty without him. I have all this stuff. I have a nice home. I have a nice job. I may, you know, or maybe I have nothing. But I know what I long for more than else. All that I thirst for, all that I yearn for is really for God. A new car won't fill me with what I want. A new home, a new job won't fill me with what I need. Only Jesus can satisfy the inner longings of my heart. And I want you to think of this person in those terms. And I want you to pray for this person in these terms. One of the things we've been doing is we've been calling this uh, Love Your Neighbor Month. And what we want to do is we want the love of God to shape our hearts. That's what we want. See, God really loves your neighbor, whether it's that neighbor you first thought of who may not live next door to you or across the street from you, but someone who's dear to you, but they are a neighbor in your life. They are an important person, maybe family, maybe a friend. But they are someone that God loves dearly. They are someone that you love dearly. Before your neighbor's your neighbors who live around you, I want you to pray that God's love for them would shape your heart so that you would love them with the same love that God has for them. And I want you to pray for them that they come to know Jesus. I want you to pray for them that they come to know Jesus. Let me lead us in a time of prayer right now. God, you are great. You are awesome. You are good. You are faithful. You are holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty. You are holy, 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 Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, you are gracious. You are merciful. You are the righteous judge of the heavens and the earth. 
Lord, right now, what we want is we want our hearts to be shaped by your heart. We want our hearts to be shaped by your love. Lord, we don't want to withhold love from anyone, either because of their politics or because of their color or because of the house they live in, how much they make, how little they make, how educated they are, how little education they may have. We want our hearts to be shaped by one thing. We want our hearts to be shaped by your love and your love for the people around us. And God, we want to be your instruments. We want to be the ones through whom your love flows so that people see in us a tangible representation of your love for them. God, help us to show people your love to how we live, what we do, how we greet them, how we speak to them. And God, use us. Use us. Lord, we pray that you would use others and to have a powerful witness. But we pray that you would use us to be a powerful witness. Because it is you and your spirit who has empowered us to be your witnesses. When we feel inadequate, God, you are great, awesome, and you are powerful. And you're the one who empowers us to be witnesses for you. Lord, help us not to be shackled by a small thinking about you or even about ourselves and what you can do through us. Help us not to be shackled, God, to small thinking. Set us free. Set us free to love well. Set us free to be witnesses to the people we love and continue to shape our hearts with your love for them. God, we pray, we pray, we pray for revival in our lives, that our lives will be changed. That we will be holy as you are holy. God, we pray for revival. We pray that we will repent of all idolatries of the heart. God, we pray that we would be shaped by you, your holiness, your love. And Lord, we pray for revival in this church. We pray for revival for the churches in this community and across this nation. And, Lord, we pray for spiritual awakening in the lives of the people that you've called us to love. And we pray this in the name of Jesus and for your glory. Amen. All right. Thank you guys for praying with me. I really appreciate that. I want you to take a moment right now, and I want you to turn to the people around you and just greet people. Tell them you're glad they're here today. Next weekend is a big ride, right?
All right, folks, let's make our way back to our seats. We're going to sing a little bit more of that new song, Believe For It, one more time. We're going to ask Him to move the unmovable. Ask Him to save that friend or friends like Gary was encouraging us to do. Ask Him to to bring revival. So let's sing this in faith. Here we go. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. God, we believe. Yes, we do. God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe, yeah. God, we believe for it. Prove the immovable, break the unbreakable. God, we believe, yes, we do. God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. You are the way. You are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in you. God, you have the final say. You are the way when there seems to be no way. We trust in you. God, you have the final say. Move the immovable. Break the unbreakable. God, we believe. Yes, we do. God, we believe for it. From the impossible, we'll see a miracle. God, we believe. God, we believe for it. Once again, move the immovable, break the unbreakable. God, we believe. Yes, we do. God, we believe for it. From the We'll see a miracle. God, we believe. Yeah. God, we believe. God, we believe. God, we believe. Yeah. God, we believe for it. We believe for it. Keeping God. And why don't you have a seat for a second? Uh, before Pastor Gary comes up to continue a series on the, the book of James, I just want to bring a couple of things to your uh, attention. First of all, I want to let you know that we have a couple of new small groups uh, underway. One started this past week, one is going to be starting soon. Uh, Eric and Elsa Clausen's group started this week, and y'all are meeting on Tuesday nights, is that right? Tuesday evenings. And Steve and Sandy's group is starting uh, early next month, and you're going to be meeting on Thursday nights. And you can find information about these groups, uh, where they're meeting, the times, and what they're studying on our SBC app. So I encourage you to check that out. 
Also want to uh, remind you that every Wednesday at 4 o'clock, uh, Pastor Gary and I are at um, Journey Coffee on Chadbourne Road for Coffee with a Pastor. And it would be our honor to, uh, to meet with you and uh, have a cup of coffee and just talk with you about God's Word or whatever is on your heart and mind. So take advantage of that. Uh, we would love to be with you. Uh, also, um, we're going to continue our worship uh, with our giving. And, um, you know, as we've, if you've been coming here a little long enough, you know that there are five different ways that you can give. And I, I'm not going to go through each one, but I am going to encourage you to let, uh, let you know that uh, they are on our website. If you go to uh, solanavalley.org slash giving, you can see all the different ways uh, that you can give. And uh, we just want to thank you for your partnership in, uh, in, in ministry, partnership in, in uh, sharing the gospel and in building um, uh, his kingdom here in Fairfield and beyond. So thank you so much for that. And uh, Pastor Gary, I'd like to invite you up right now. All right. So good to be here. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, actually, a week before last, it, it felt like uh, summer was just, it was really kind of nasty heat, you know, getting up there around 112, 113. But today, I feel like it's fall, uh, and I am grateful. I am so, so grateful. So uh, inside of, uh, uh, you know, Matt just went through the, the announcements. I, I do want to tell you that you have a bulletin. Uh, I hope everybody has one. I try to make a point to give one to each of you. You'll notice how well they're folded and stuff. Uh, I, I put a lot of uh, a lot of work into it. Uh, but I'm bringing it to your attention for a couple of things. First of all, there is the scripture is in here. So for any reason you don't have your Bible with you, uh, you can refer to that for the scriptures. And there's a place for lots of notes. And last week we established that note-taking is uh, – it is – uh, a, a part of what God wants us to do, because last week we read the text where, where James said, my brothers and sisters, take note of this. So we have a biblical uh, responsibility to, uh, to take notes there. But actually, it's there for you, for your help, that that helps you. But in this, in, in this there are several things here, several next step opportunities for you. If you are someone who wants to talk about what it means to know Jesus, to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, to become a Christian. We'd love to do that. If you're interested in baptism, uh, we would love to help you with that. And then if you're not yet connected in a group and want to connect, we want to help you with that. So, or, or to meet us for coffee uh, on, on Wednesday. So, Matt, thanks for the announcements. Uh, worship team, you guys were awesome today. Uh, thank you so much uh, for leading us in worship. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Hey, I want to do something. Uh, I, I want to, uh, uh, again, I, I talked about imagination a moment ago, or vision. I, I want you to, by the way, that's kind of what vision is. It's imagination. But I want you to use your imagination today. But imagination has always been a very, very important part of the Christian faith. It really has. And uh, art is an expression of imagination. And so with early Christians who were illiterate and could not read, uh, back in the old days, only the very, very rich uh, could afford to buy books because it all had to be hand-copied. 
but what they did to put the scriptures into the hearts and minds and the hands of people is oftentimes it would be through art, through paintings, through stained glass windows, through mosaics inside of, of cathedrals and churches on the walls and sometimes on the ceilings. And all of this was meant to uh, to, to help instruct God's people. But today what I want to do is I'm, gonna, I'm, not gonna, I'm not an artist, so I'm not going to paint a picture for you. Uh, but I am going to try to paint a picture for you in words. But it's up to you to use a little bit of imagination in this. I want you to imagine for a moment that I am the CEO of a company, a growing company. We have, uh, we have a, a really strong presence here in the U.S. And we know that our opportunity uh, for making more money as a company is going international, okay? Now, that's going to take a lot of imagination, I understand, all right? But I want you to imagine that you are working for me and you are like, I don't know, the executive, whatever, you know, the chief operations guy or whatever, chief operations gal. And, uh, and so we have been talking about the expansion of our company and, I, I, you know, our first step is going to be to go to Europe. And so I inform you as that chief operating officer or whatever you call it, I, I inform you, I want you to remain here. I will be emailing you every week uh, instructions on how to run the company, but you are to rec- uh, run the company from here, and I'm going to be going to Europe where we're going to begin to expand uh, our, our industry in um, and, and stuff. So uh, I go away and, uh, you know, I'm constantly sending you emails of instructions and you uh, are getting all these emails and, and uh, you're disseminating it to the people of the company. And every week I'm doing this and week after week after week, month after month after month. Uh, and we've been going in and I've been as I've been emailing you, I've been telling you I'm going to be coming again soon. I'm coming again soon. I'm coming again quickly and and but i'm continuing to give you these emails okay and then finally one day unbeknownst to you i actually return to uh the u.s and i return to our offices and when i walk up i drive up to our offices i notice that that the grass uh is way overgrown uh the shrubs are not well cared for the uh look of the plant uh, that we work in just isn't looking the best. And I'm kind of wondering, oh, I wonder what that's about. And so I walk in through the front doors, and as I walk in through the front doors, the receptionist is sitting there at her desk. Her feet are propped up on the desk. Uh, uh, that's the way I prepare my sermons. But yeah, her, her, her feet are up on the desk, and she is, uh, you know, she's chewing on some gum. She's, you know, kind of smacking, and she's on the phone talking with her friend Sally, la, 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 you know, on and on and on. She doesn't make eye contact with me, doesn't acknowledge my presence, nothing. And so I'm like, okay, this feels strange. This feels strange. And then I, I, I start to walk through the building, and I see trash cans where the trash is flowing over onto the floor. And I walk into what was my office, and I find it's been turned into, uh, it's been turned into a TV room. There's several TV monitors up, uh, you know, and, and there's like sports over here, and there's a soap opera going over here. There's a pool table. Uh, there's several guys there. They're shooting pool, and they got beer cans around the table. And I'm like, what's going on? To the floor, 
And then I, I go and into I walk the into office of our chief operations office, officer, and I find like it's, not you, it's been turned it's into a TV room. Right. There's several TV well. monitors. We'll like up, it's, uh, you know, and, and there's like sports over here, and there's a soap opera going over here. There's a pool table. There's several guys there. They're shooting pool, and they got beer cans around the table. And I'm like, so you're... You're, What's you're, going on? You're, you know, I walk into this person's and then office, I, I go and in, I walk the office of our chief operations officer, and I find it's been turned into a room. There's several TV monitors. I like it's, you know, and there's like sports over here. There's a pool going over here. There's a pool table. There's several guys there. They got beer cans around the table. So you're, you're, we read your emails. And then I go and in and I always have Are you with me here? In the ancient world, uh, the way they would do church, uh, it was modeled somewhat after a Jewish synagogue. The people would come together. They would uh, sometimes sing hymns of praise to God. They would always uh, read portions of Scripture uh, because that's where you got to hear the Scripture was not every person could own their own Bible. So you would listen to what was read. And sometimes there would be a sermon with it. Uh, They would do communion together, and they would do things like this. In James chapter 1, um, in, in James 1.18, that we're not looking at this today, but in James 1.18, James says this, He chose, he, God, chose to give us birth through the word of truth. And then a little bit later in verse 21, he says this, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And then in verse 22, and I, I want to read this for you, but, and I want you to, to, uh, to really listen to this. And what James writes to these Christians is he says this. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. What does he mean by that? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Wow, what, I wonder what he means by that. 
Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Now, four things I want you to see from this text that I want you to walk away with this. Is that, but first of all, simply this. Let me just say this. That God doesn't want us to be listeners to the word, merely listeners who deceive ourselves. See, sometimes someone can say, they can read something, and then they feel like they've done their duty. Someone can go to a Sunday morning service, they can listen to a sermon, and they feel like they've done their duty. Someone can actually uh, go to a study group, listen to the word, and feel like they've done their duty. Now, I know this doesn't happen in this church, but I have heard rumors, I have, from trustworthy people, I have heard rumors that there are churches where people actually hear the word, hear sermons, hear the word, attend groups, actually even read their Bible, and then actually do nothing with, with what, what they've heard, what they've read. I've heard rumors of that. Not, not about our church, but other churches. I've heard rumors that there are people who are like this. And there were people who were like that that James was writing to. There were people who would listen to the word, but then do nothing with it. They were merely listeners who deceived themselves. As long as I've heard it, I've kind of gotten it here, and I'm okay. So James was writing about this. And then I want you to see here that that there are... Uh, four things that James says to them that he wants for them is he don't, doesn't want them to be uh, listeners who, who merely listen and deceive themselves. He wants them to do what it says. He doesn't want them uh, to be like a person listening to the word but not doing it. He doesn't want them to be like a person who looks at their face in a mirror. Anybody got a mirror? Anybody look at your mirror this morning? What did you see? Did you see anything that needed improvement? Let me just ask you that. Did you see anything that needed improvement? He's he's saying that the person who listens to the word but does nothing with it is like a person who looks at their face in the mirror. And there's a booger right here. It's it's in the Greek. There's a booger right here. And they knew nothing about the booger, okay? In in, in the ancient world, if you had a mirror, our our mirrors are sometimes very unforgiving. Uh, because they are pretty good at showing you exactly what you look like. I don't know if you've ever gotten a glimpse of yourself in a mirror one time when you weren't really looking for a glimpse of yourself, and you were like, oh, my goodness, what's happened to, what's happened to my body? <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, but in the ancient world, the, the mirrors that they had, they weren't made of glass. They were made of, like, a polished metal. And so what you had to do is when you looked at the mirror, you had to look intently. And so what, what, um, what James says to the, these people in verse uh, 25, he says, whoever looks into uh, the perfect law that gives freedom. 
is that what God wants you to do, what God wants me to do, is he doesn't want us to just give a cursory look to the Bible. He doesn't want us just to give a cursory look. Just a, a quick look. He wants us to look intently. Look intently. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the word here is paracrypto. Uh, para para uh, and what it means is it means to bend over and look intently. Does that mean anything to you? It, it means to look like you're searching for something. It means, to, it means to do something that John the Apostle did, and he writes about it. it. John writes about looking intently. He writes about bending over, looking intently. It was at the empty grave. See, when John ran to the grave, he expected to see a body. But when he got to the grave, he saw an empty tomb. He saw the grave clothing. And the Bible says he bent over, looked intently. That's the same word that James used here about how I'm supposed to actually look at the Word of God. The way you're actually supposed to look, to look intently. It's the same word that Luke uses when he talks about Peter when Peter goes to the grave, it says that Peter looked intently. They're looking for Jesus. And they're looking intently. And what God wants you and me to do is he doesn't want us to do the cursory quick read, close it, and completely forget about it. That's to be a mere listener who deceives themselves. To read it quickly, forget about it. He wants us to be people to be people who look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. So, um, to look intently at the perfect law that gives freedom. Sometimes, well, what does that mean? What, I mean, how does law give freedom? I don't know about you, but sometimes laws to me feel like restraints. They don't necessarily feel like freedom. So, when the law says... To drive 25 in a neighborhood, I don't have a problem with that. I can do that. There's little kids around. It makes perfect sense. But when it says 25 and you're in this place where there are really, really broad lanes and you're like, and there's nobody working there or anything like that, it's like, why do I have to drive 25 here? This doesn't feel like freedom for me. This feels like a restraint. It doesn't feel like something that gives me freedom. It feels like something that takes my freedom away. Um, I want you to use your imagination again. Once upon a time, there was a kite. There was a kite. It was a very bright, beautiful kite. It had all these different kinds of colors to it. It was, it was the most beautiful kite in, in, uh, on the beach where it would fly. It was a beautiful kite. And, and this kite loved to soar up into the sky. And it loved for others to see him and to admire his beauty and to admire how high he could soar. But one day this kite, he began to grow tired of being tethered down. 
he began to get, grow tired of being tethered to his master and his master uh, keeping him on a line. He wanted to soar higher. He, he didn't want to be restrained by his master. The restraints felt like slavery, not like freedom. And day after day, he resented the restraints of his master. He resented the restraints, and he wanted to be free. He wanted to be untethered. And so one day, he made up his mind that he would break free of the restraints of his master. And he broke the string. And he expected to soar higher than he had ever soared before. To fly higher than he had ever flown before. To display his beauty to even more people. But the moment he broke the line that tethered him to his master, instead of soaring, he began fluttering, falling, falling, falling towards the ground where he crashed. And sometimes, sometimes people can look at what the Bible teaches us. It can be about money. It can be about the neighbor we're supposed to love. Well, I don't want to love that neighbor. This neighbor, yeah. They have the same political persuasion I do, but not this neighbor. This neighbor, yeah, they're the same color I am, but not this neighbor. Uh, we, we want to be selective in how we apply God's word. It feels like a restraint that says, I have to love all of these neighbors, even when I don't necessarily agree with them. We began to look at maybe what the Bible says about sexuality. That feels like restraint. That feels like slavery. When in reality, when we give ourselves to the things, the desires that are unholy and unhealthy, it doesn't give us freedom. It becomes bondage. We become enslaved to unholy desires instead of being tethered or tethered to a holy master who loves us. What God wants for you and me is he wants us to look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. He wants us to look into and he wants us to, uh, and he wants us to be tethered again to him as our master. So once again, we can soar. Second thing I want you to see in this in uh, God's word here is that God wants us to look intently into his word. But secondly, what God wants us to do is he wants us to continue in it. So what the scripture says here, it says this. It says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. That it's not something that we do and then forget about it. It's something that we do and it becomes a continuing practice for it. That we continue in the word. That God wants us to continue in, to abide in, to remain in, to persevere in the Word. He doesn't want us to read quickly and quickly forget about it. He doesn't want us to rush our time in the Word, rush our time with Him, and rush into the busy stuff that we think is really important. By the way, the most important thing you're ever going to do for the rest of your life The most important thing you're ever going to do, the most important thing you're ever going to do is be in the presence of God. That is the single most important thing you're ever going to do in any given day. 
That's the reason. Giving yourself time in the presence of God, in His Word, and in prayer, is the most important thing you're ever going to do. By the way, by the way, as you continue it, you'll find over time it will be the most delightful thing you'll ever do. I remember years ago, I remember years ago, hearing a, a guy preaching, and, and I have never forgotten his message. He's not a highly celebrated preacher, but I, I remember him talking about the highlight of his day every day was the time he had with God. That was the highlight. That was the highlight of his day, that he just delighted being in the presence of God. And that's what God is wanting for us. He's wanting us to continue in his word. Number three, he doesn't want us just to listen to the word. He wants to look intently into the word. Uh, And then uh, he wants us to continue in his word. And then he wants us to live the word. Uh, what, what, What James says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. See, what God wants us to do is He wants us to do His Word. He wants us to live His Word. Uh, He he wants us to um, He he doesn't want us to be like the kite who cuts the string. He wants us to be doers. He wants us to actually love our neighbors. He actually wants us to care about the eternal the eternal state of our neighbors around us. He wants us to love them with the love of Jesus. He wants us to actually, not just to read His Word, not just to listen to His Word, but He wants us to live His Word. By the way, what does living the Word look like? It looks like loving God with everything that you are. And it looks like loving your neighbor as yourself. But He wants you to live His Word. And then fourth, He wants you to be blessed by living the Word. That, that what, what, this, is what, what, this is what James says. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Very, very interesting. In uh, John chapter 13, Jesus washes the feet of His disciples. By the way, God wants us to serve one another. God wants us to serve one another. Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. He takes the position of a very, very lowly person. In in Jewish culture, you couldn't even require a Jewish slave to wash your feet. It was considered beneath them. And what Jesus did is he washed the feet of his disciples. And after he washed the feet of his, his, his disciples, he asked them, Do you know what I've done for you? Then he says this, I have given you an example that you should do for one another what I have done for you. What did Jesus do? He served his disciples. I have given you an example to follow that you should do what I have done for you. And you will be blessed, says Jesus, if you do it. You see, when we begin to actually live out the teaching of Scripture about loving Him and loving our neighbor and serving one another, we will be blessed in what we do. So I want to kind of talk about this for a moment. I want to, again, I want to talk about how do we live this out? What does this look like in daily life? Can I, I give you an example? 
this may not be a very good example. It's just it's the one that, I don't know, it's the best one I could think of. You know, sometimes it's Sunday. I've got to do something. Uh, but it was the best one I could think of. And so what I've been doing uh, over, well, actually for a little bit more than a month, of course, we've been reading and we've been studying. We've been, uh, uh, you know, I've been preaching on the book of James. But one of the things I've been doing as I've been reading and studying it and meditating on it is I've been praying James chapter 1 for you. So when James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So I've been praying for you that you would consider, I've been praying for me too, that you would consider pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Whenever you face trials of any kind. I've been praying this for my wife. I've been praying this for my son and his wife, Caleb and Jessica. Uh, my daughter, Cass, and her soon-to-be husband, Sean. I've been praying this uh, for faith. Uh, and a, a friend that she has. I've been praying this for you guys. I've been praying this. And, and I've been praying other parts of James too, like, you know, uh, but everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I've been praying that for you as well. I've been praying through James chapter 1 for me, and I've been praying it through for you. And so while I've been praying it through for me, I've had a few opportunities to consider it pure joy when I face trials. So on, on Friday, just real quick, on Friday, I, uh, Joy and Carolyn and uh, Tessa Vallee, many of y'all know Tessa, uh, and then uh, one of Joy's really good friends, Karen, uh, they got together uh, to, do, uh, to get away for a little bit, and Tessa had this timeshare, whatever, uh, and so she invited them to join her, and so that's where they're at right now. And, uh, but so I thought, well, heck. If she's going to go do something fun, I'm going to go do something fun. You know, it, you know, I mean, you know, she's having fun. Should I get to have fun too? So I planned out my fun day. It was going to be awesome. I had it all figured out. I, I had it all figured out. I was going to be, I was going to put my, my bike in the back of my rodeo. I was going to drive over to Point Reyes Station. I actually did a little ride over there the other day for my birthday. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go over there again. But this time I'm going to go north. I went south, but I want to go north. And uh, there's a stretch of road there I love to ride. So I, I, I drove my bike over there. I, I got out, and I was getting everything set up. I, I met a young man who was from Cleveland who was riding his bike from Portland to San Francisco. Uh, a neat young man, but we got to talk for a few minutes. But it was just kind of a neat encounter and wished him well. And he went off to San Francisco, and I was going to go out on my adventure, not quite as big as his, all right? And so what I was going to do is I was going to ride up to uh, Malas. And I was going to ride up to uh, in Cape Dillon Beach Road, out towards Dillon Beach. But then I was going to cut this little side road called Middle Road. Anybody ever know of Middle Road? Okay. It's, it's in the middle of nowhere. That's why it's called Middle Road. And when I say in the middle of nowhere, it is in the middle of nowhere. And I was going to cut back up, and I was going to go up to Occidental. And there's a little bakery up there that I wanted to ride to, and then I want to ride back. So I'm riding along. Everything's going great. I, I, I come through Tamales, and I see some people, and they're putting up signs. I saw the signs they had been putting up, and they were setting up for a big century ride that they were going to do yesterday and two more rides today. And so I saw them, and I, you know, just stopped, talked to them for a moment. And then I, I kept riding, and I, I, I go down uh, Dillon Beach Road, and uh, there's this cemetery out there in the middle of nowhere, and uh, I see this woman uh, with purple hair, dressed in purple, and she was looking kind of interesting. And I, I, 
I saw it. Got, I rode a little faster past her, okay? Rode a little faster past her. Not for anything bad, just rode a little faster. Just thought, I don't know. I don't know. What, I'm just moving on. I feel like I'm supposed to get out of here. So I, I ride, and I, I take the ride up to, to, to Middle Road, and then I, I, I see this turn, and, and I stop, and I look at my phone, and I'm making sure I'm not going to get lost. And, and, um, and so I decide, okay, I'm going to go up this road. I think that's the right way to go. You know, I was really not sure, but I thought, I think this is the way to go. So I, I take off up that road, and it winds around. It goes up this steep hill, and there's all these trees, and it's beautiful. You know, most of it's like pasture lands, but I, I rode up to these trees that were, was, I felt like I was riding through a cathedral of trees. It was beautiful. It was awesome. So I stopped, and I took a picture. Sure enough, that van with those people sitting up, they rode their van up there, and are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I just stopped for the picture. Do you need water or anything? No, I'm good, thank you. They move on, then I take off, and I go down this hill, and I wind around, and then I come to another one of these forks in the road. I have no clue where to go. So I decide, I could go right, I could go left. I think I'm supposed to go right, but their little signs that they're taking people is to the left. And I thought, let's see where their signs are going to take people. It might be kind of cool. And then I get back on my bike, and, and at this point in time, I have ridden for a long time, maybe like a half hour, and I have not seen, well, I take that back. I did ride by Dairy uh, Ranch where I did see uh, a couple of people there. But besides that, I had not seen any people, no cars, nothing. You know, there was me, there were a few sheep, there were some dairy cattle, there were a lot of turkey vultures, especially kind of flying around where I was stopping which made me feel a little nervous. And there was one lone turkey, and then there was me. I was not the turkey, okay? But I'm hanging out by this turkey, trying to figure out which way to go. And I get back on my bike, and something happens. It won't shift. A flat tire is easy. I can change the flat. That's not a big deal. That's a little bit of an inconvenience, but I can be back on the road. It will not shift. It is in the hardest gear. At this point in time, I'm 22 miles from my car. 22 miles in the hardest gear. Why couldn't I see the van now? Um, I'm looking at it. I try to finagle a way to I get it into a smaller gear, or excuse me, a, an easier gear. It's actually bigger gear on the back, but it's easier, but it won't stay there because of the way the, the gearing is set up. It goes to the the highest gear again. I tried this several times, and I'm like, do I want to keep going? Well, if I keep going, I'm further away from the car. I'm thinking to myself, if I uh, have to walk this at two and a half miles an hour, pushing my bike, it's going to take me about nine hours, about nine hours walking at two and a half miles an hour, okay? I'm thinking, well, okay, but I can ride down the hills. I can do that. So I'm thinking, okay, I think I can do this, and I think I can get back there in about Four and a half hours. Four, four and a half hours. And so I, I just take off. And, but I take that back. Okay, what is it? I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. Pause. My gear's messed up. My plan is not going to go as planned. I am, I can be very task-oriented. I can be, I've been told, I can be very goal-oriented. And when something or someone gets in the way of where I'm going and what I'm trying to do, that for me can feel very frustrating. And when I say feel very frustrating, what I mean is I don't want to have a considerate pure joy party 
okay? I don't want to have a considerate pure joy party. That's just me. Now, you guys, maybe you're different, but me, I don't want to consider it pure joy. And so, in all of a sudden, I'm in this moment, and I thought, Gary, you have two choices. You can look at this as an interruption in all of your plans. You can mope about why you don't get to do what you wanted to do. Or you can embrace this as a new adventure, a considerate pure joy adventure that will be a fun memory. And I thought, okay, well, since I've been praying this for the people in my church, I better choose the right thing. Otherwise, I won't have a good sermon illustration for Sunday. So I get on my bike, I get on my bike, and I start going up this hill, and it is a long hill. I am in the hardest gear, and I can't do it. It's a half mile to the top of this hill. And, and it's going to be a lot of hills like that that are a half mile. And these are not little, simple hills. And, and so... Um, and so I'm hoofing it up to the top of this hill, riding down as fast as I can to make up for all the hoofing and the hiking. And then I'm doing the same thing, and again and again and again. And I do this for about, I don't know, probably about uh, 13, 14 miles. And I'm like, I'm in my adventure. I'm enjoying my new adventure. When I'm hiking up the PCH, it's a little bit different because you've got a bike. You've got cars behind you. You've got to be very aware of everything that's going on, and, and you have to watch like a hawk. And you have to be willing to get off the road in very, very awkward places. Uh, and I'm doing this a lot. I'm going up this one hill, and sure enough, guess who pulls up behind me? The van. Uh, George, Sandy, oh, I should have brought the little arm thing she gave me. George, Sandy, and Jerry. Jerry's kind of like in charge. He plans these events all across the country. Okay? Just happen, they're from Texas. They happen to be doing it here this week. Uh, unfortunately, they're Texas a fans. Anyway, that's another story. But uh, I met them, super nice people. When they asked why I came out here, I got to tell them about the church. She gave me this little uh, thing that God is enough, a uh, little armband. Uh, God is more than enough. That's what it was. God is more than enough. And, um, and, uh, and they said, you know, we'll give you a ride to Point Reyes Station. Got over there. Now, a lot of you, you look and you think, gee, Gary, that is such an easy thing to consider pure joy with. And, and if you knew what was going on in my life, what, it's a lot, what I'm going through is a lot harder than that. And, 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 and so, you know, in traffic, I have done this where I have said, okay, God, I have a plan. I've got a plan to fix the lawnmower, get gas, mow the yard. Uh, I had to repair something else. I can't remember what it was. I had, you know, I had, you know, I had to get out this thing. I had to do this, this, and I had my list. And traffic was interfering with this. And I thought, oh, I, another considerate pure joy party. See, the reason I'm bringing this up is this. When we're able to consider the li- Remember what the Bible says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face all kinds of trials. Or we could say it this way. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face any kind of trial. See, when we are faithful to consider it pure joy in the little trials that, we, that you're going to face when you walk out the door later today. There's a little trial waiting for you. Did you know that? There, there's a, a trial waiting for you. It's a considerate, pure joy opportunity. 
Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And when you let perseverance finish its work, you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, I, I think it, it's kind of like training for a marathon. It's kind of like tr- training for a century ride. See, you don't just go out and run a marathon. You don't go out and just run a ride, a century ride. You do lots of little rides that are training rides. Every child we have is a training opportunity for joy. Every trial we face is a training opportunity to grow in our perseverance, to let perseverance finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What I'm trying to say is that God wants us to not just listen to the Word and deceive ourselves. He wants us to do it. He wants us to look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. He wants us... He he wants us uh, to continue in it. And He wants us to do it. And finally, He wants to bless us in the doing. You see, when we begin to actually live the message of Scripture, we begin to experience the blessing of God. When we look intentionally into the perfect law that gives freedom, and when we continue in His Word, and when we do it and live out His Word, when we, like the kite, again, tethers ourselves to the Master, delighting in the Master, then we will be blessed in the doing. Let's pray. God, You are great. You are awesome. You are good. Uh, Lord, Your Word for us uh, is a source of blessing. It's a source of blessing when we do more than merely listen to it. It is for us a source of blessing when we look intently into it. It is a a source of blessing in us when we continue in it, when we do it, when we live it. God, we want to be people who are shaped by your word and not merely listeners who deceive ourselves. God, help us daily to grow in the grace of living your word for the honor and the glory of your name. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. I, I love that every trial is an oper- training opportunity for joy. <laughs> that is going to be my takeaway for today. Thank you for that, Gary. That's awesome. And when those, and as, I, as we were talking about earlier, as those inevitable trials come, we have a mighty fortress that we can run to. Let's stand together. We have a mighty fortress that we can run to, that we can find refuge in, and that we can derive joy from. So let's, uh, let's, let's leave today with that on our hearts and, and our minds. And let's sing one more time, church. Your love will remain.
fortress. The mighty fortress is our God. A tower of strength never You won't abandon, you won't deceive, you won't desert us, you won't ever leave, you'll never forsake us, you won't ever run, you'll never reject us, the faithful one, your love, your love will remain, your love will remain. thankful you were here today. So thankful for everyone tuning in. Lean into the promises of your mighty fortress this week. We'll see you next time.